Welcome to Discover Abercorn, the podcast where we talk to staff, to parents and pupils to find out more about life at the school. In this episode, we're back speaking to headmaster Chris Hammond, because I wanted to find out about some of the changes happening right now, what they are and why they're happening. Which means I'm about to ask Chris about the new site on Paddington Street. I ask him to break it down for us so we can understand exactly what's in there. And I ask him about the future of the school with pupils going through to year 11. So if you want to know what's happening in school, then this is one of the places where you can find out. So come with me now as we step into a conversation with the headmaster. It's Chris Hammond. Chris, thank you for being here. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you today? Yes, yeah, it's, it's lovely to be back. Uh, yeah, no, uh, today as well. I'm, a, I'm in a different room uh, today, just exploring uh, various parts of our new building. Okay. All right. Well, last time we spoke was also on a Friday. And one of the things I asked you was what you were planning on doing that weekend. If you can cast your mind back that far, I remember you mentioned something about getting IKEA door handles and getting a haircut or something like that. Do you remember if you actually followed through and, and did those things? Yeah, I did get a haircut. We went to IKEA I don't think it was for door handles, but as with most things, IKEA, it's a it's a wonderful place, but also a vacuum. So I cannot remember what I actually bought. I think I bought a plant, and there was something else which was really important that we went to. No, it was a it was a uh, it was a clothes rail. It was a clothes rail that I bought. I, so yes, I did fo- I did follow through on those commitments. The wildly exciting life of a head teacher. In fact, yes. IKEA is one of those places, isn't it, where it doesn't matter what you're planning on getting, you may well get that thing, but you'll absolutely come away with other things that you weren't planning on getting. Yes, possibly don't need. <laughs> yes, and then spend about three hours getting out of the car park. Okay, yeah. so this episode here, really we're talking about some of the changes, some of the uh, merging together of, uh, I was going to say year groups, not actual year groups merging together, but uh, location-wise, uh, mm-hmm. some of the years coming together, and also Paddington Street and all of these changes here. Just for anyone listening who's maybe been completely unaware of what's been happening, just let us know in a nutshell what changes have been happening and what's what's going through at the moment and what we can expect as well. Sure. So we made the decision to uh, move some year groups over the summer. We've put year two down to our lower school site, which is the original school site that's been uh, there since the 80s. So now at lower school, which is near St. John's Wood, we have uh, years nursery all the way up to uh, year two. And that works really well because we've got EYFS and Key Stage 1 all together. And that's all under the wonderful leadership of Miss Stewart. I know Mm -hmm. it's been in another exciting edition of this podcast. Yes, she has. And then uh, we currently have at upper school, we have years three, four and five. And at senior school, which is our new site, we have year five and above. And what's happening over Easter is that we are moving the children in years three, four and five to our senior site. So we can then have years three to nine, as currently is, all together, which has a, a huge array of benefits, which which we can discuss. And that's all going to happen over Easter and the work will be completed in six weeks time. Gosh, right. So you're definitely going to have a busy Easter time. Are you planning on getting any downtime at all over Easter? Have you got people to to, to, to make sure this is all going to happen swiftly and, and properly? Or will you need to be hands on yourself as well? Uh, a mixture of both. I've got a wonderful, um, wonderful maintenance team. Uh, there, Mr. Hussain and Mr. Brackley work really hard. I've also got a fantastic IT manager and his team, another Mr. Brackley, um, there, and they are related. And I've got a fantastic bursar, an HR manager as well. So uh, Ms. Swartz will also oversee some of it. But as with any very important move, the model of the head who does everything, that that's not how things work in the modern world. But I think it is important for those things to uh, 
you know, just make sure things are progressing because we've got a number of factors in play, a moving company, our IT work overlaying them. So I will be spending some of the time uh, of my holiday uh, working, making sure the move goes through because what's the most important thing is that the uh, the site is ready for the children when they come back after their Easter break. Okay, right, got it. So tell me about why this is all happening. I mean, Paddington Street is, is a fabulous location, of course, we know that, but why not just keep everyone in... Well, the current children who are, who are in Portland Place, why not keep with that model and just simply not buy Paddington Street? Paddington Street is a fantastically modern facility. Uh, it's brighter, it's area, corridors are wider, classrooms are larger, the natural light is better. I'm sitting in a room here with very little actual artificial light on, uh, just because which is fantastic in, in sort of central London. Paddington Street Senior School has immediate access to Paddington Street Garden, so green space is far more readily available, which is obviously important for the children's well-being. And obviously, at the moment, we have to move some children between sites to accommodate the needs of the curriculum. We won't need to do that, so mm. the children will spend less time on buses, uh, the children will spend more time in the classroom, and all of those things so tell me why Paddington Street was chosen. I mean, you've mentioned it's a great building and, and that's all good. Is there benefit to the location apart from the green space that you say that you've got close access to? Of course. It's very close to Baker Street, a, a 10 minute walk, five to push. So in terms of transport and communication links for, for parents, it's really useful to get to. It's easier to get to. It's also got uh, a bit of a community around it. Upper school, Portland Place, largely embassies there, which mm -hmm. of course is a community, but you know, you're not going to have as regular contact with embassies, and rightly so, there's security measures in place. Mm. Paddington Street, we're very friendly and have done trips and World Book Week, or World Book Day, so our book week this week. We've gone to Daunt Books. We've got close links already with an art gallery nearby. We've got close links with the local pharmacy. So there's a, there's an emerging community here. So it's a bit sort of uh, you know better place to make those connections um, and obviously inspire children into careers and, and bits and pieces and things like that. We also think that the location near to Baker Street, as well as it being more you know easy to get to for parents, it means when you get older children, it's easier for them to commute in from their various you know locations because of Baker Street being so close and being on a variety of different lines. Mm. So hoping in terms of uh, recruiting older pupils that will also be attractive also be attractive to parents which i guess is more important and, and a consideration as you expand into years 10 and 11 yeah exactly the other advantage that Paddy street has is in terms of the space it comes with a 101 seater theater and large spaces that we can develop so we're installing a new lab a new art room new classrooms uh, there's some fantastic spaces um, what possibly come to the history of the building in a few moments that we're able to develop and obviously everything will be nice and fresh for the children when they arrive after Easter. Amazing. You just hinted at telling us about the history of the building. I'm dying to know now. Tell me. So this is like potted history and we need to do our research. So when you visit the school, you're immediately find it's a lovely red brick building and there's a statue of Jesus and the Lost Lamb, which is appropriate for an education institute, you know, taking care of taking care of those who are less fortunate and taking care of children and perhaps. So at one stage or another, it was um, a convent school. We're a bit hazy about what happens in the interwar years, but then later on in the 70s, 80s, it was the original home of Pineapple Dance Studios, the world-renowned dance studios, which now their studios are in Covent Garden. Mm -hmm. And then at some stage, a Regents University took on the both sides of the building as their fashion and design college 
And then at some stage, they decided to uh, move out, possibly the pandemic, things moving more remote. And that's when we took over the site. Gosh, wow. What a history. What a, what a checkered history as well. well it's, I mean, always, it's-, <laughs> it's always been in education. So dance, a school, university. So it's got a history of, it's got a history of supporting children to, to do better, I would say. Mm, awesome. And great that you're now flying the flag on behalf of Abercorn. So tell me about some of the things that you need to consider when you're choosing a building. I mean, you know, I, I've, I, I've looked at new homes for, for my family before. That's probably the extent of it. I wouldn't know where to start when it came to trying to find a new site for a school. What are some of the things you need to bear in mind? It's very much like buying a house, actually. What, what I always say to parents when they are choosing a school is it's like buying a house. You know, if it, mm. it feels right, it probably is. So mm. I think that's part of it. You need to feel as though you can imagine the children being in the site, and maybe yourself and the you know and the staff as well. Although usually when people are scoping out schools for their children, they're able to step into the school, and the feeling that they get is because there are a lot of children in the school already, and there's you know there's teaching staff in there. Whereas of course, when you're going around looking at buildings, I imagine you're you're largely looking at empty buildings. Yeah, sometimes, and we were with this one, so it is, it is about using one's imagination. So in terms of other things, you are looking at facility, so the real basics of you know water gas electricity other services there you know is there the technology to be able to install wireless because they'll largely take things with them Mm. you know are there any structural issues uh you need to look at the roof you need to do various audits you know you need to know all any maintenance issues possibly leaks you know all those things those those are important and you're also looking at the decorative order you know you're going to have to invest something into a building particularly a building that's been empty some time and I can promise parents after reasons and very freshly decorated classrooms as well and you also need to think about the suitability and security you know is the CCTV needing updating because obviously safety of the children are the rooms suitable for classrooms office spaces whatever you may need uh, the building for how do you get food into the school how will the children arrive in school and then you come back to location. Is it easily accessible? We have a wide pavement outside. It's a central London school. So um, very few of our parents drive to the school, you know, mm. understandably. So it's about thinking about that experience for the child from the moment they step through the door until dismissal time as well. Mm. Oh, so many things to think about there. So many things. And then tell me about some of the headaches that you've had to overcome in, in this journey so far. I mean, when you haven't lived in a building, you don't know it's sort of you know, its strengths and its weaknesses. And there are some things, you know, you, you know what it's like when you move into a house. So uh, when there's suddenly heavy rain and you find there's, you know, some of the flushings have happened, which which did happen here, not in an area where the children was, you know, and we sorted that out. Recently, uh, there was a huge power surge in the local area. We think they were doing some works and cut through a power cable. Um, lots of the shops in the area didn't open for the morning. And we were very proud that we did. So our power surge... Um, Technology obviously, uh, you know, saved us from having to close there. So those are some of the sort of the, the practical things. Obviously, when you start moving into a, a building, you have to look at things like timetabling. Uh, you know, our timetable has worked differently this year. Timetable will become even better with having children all on site. So it's it's sort of any of the challenges that you may have had moving into a, a home. If you sort of think about having multiple homes with multiple different families in that home, it's sort of even more important that you get it fixed because if your heating doesn't work, Simon, at your house, that's horrible and a pain, but you can work around it. If the heating doesn't work at a school, you can't open the school. 
in the mm. winter months. So uh, there's an added uh, pressure, I would say, to make sure that you've got a safe space for all your families to attend. And then tell me how the teaching staff are feeling about the move. Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess that some of them are, are excited, but maybe some of them are thinking, well, you know, I've worked at Portland Place for however long. Don't really want to leave there. Yeah, I think they're largely excited. There may be that emotional connection, but I think they all, they also realise that this site, Paddington Street, where we have senior, is actually a, a superior site and has a huge amount of benefits for time saved, moving between sites, timetable operating smoother, the dining room, which I forgot to mention, being far larger, brighter and a nicer place to eat lunch and just having this facility. So I think the any potential challenges are outweighed by the huge benefits there are by uh, moving site. Now, Chris, you mentioned earlier about the about the theatre and about the lab. Tell me about these showpieces. I mean, what, what, what do they actually look like and what benefits will they bring to the school, but in particular the children? So we're having a brand new lab built. Uh, there's an empty space at the moment. So we had a blank canvas and we've designed and are working with a company on that. That will allow us to have a a lovely, bright and modern facility, but also to to prepare for GCSE teaching, which will start in September. So the addition of mains lines gas, which we currently don't have in our buildings, which just make things, uh, you know, are superior in terms of what you can deliver in a science curriculum. That will obviously enhance our steam provision. We have a lovely space which was some kind of exhibition space. It's effectively a huge atrium with all glass roof. That's going to become a library and study space and has been freshly decorated. So I think that's going to be really an exciting place to read, an exciting place to learn, and also somewhere that I think children will, you know, will, will want to go. And then finally, we've got a facility which is was already in existence, which we're making best use of, which is this theatre. And we use that theatre for a variety of uses because it's got retractable seats that all claps into a wall. So we can use that for theatre productions, parents' evenings, parent talks, uh, open mornings. We're having a grand opening of both sites of senior on, on Tuesday the 16th of May, if anyone listening would, would like to come and is a prospective parent, agent or current parent. Um, so it's got some of those pieces and they're kitchen and dining room which we will develop which sit at the heart of the school it's all quite centrally located uh, and will be exciting places for the children to learn incredible and if people wanted to come and have a look around this are they able to do that yes depending on their status i mean if they're a prospective parent they need to initially email admissions at abercorn school and uh, and booking for a tour but we also have um you know events taking place open mornings mm. so if you register interest then we will invite parents to those events and we've We've gone back to in-person open mornings because remote open mornings, fine, convenient for parents. You know, uh, it's far easier to put on for us, but nothing beats a face-to-face tour because you can't really get a sense of where you're going to send your child, I feel, without stepping into the building, meeting the people and eating their pastries. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Now, in a couple of years, of course, we're going to be having pupils going through to year 11, I think, at school, aren't we? Yes, we've got year nine at the moment. From September 2023, we'll have year 10. And then September 2024, we will have year 11. So they will take their, well, our first GCSE cohort will take their GCSE exams in the summer of 2025. So it's an exciting time with just doing options. They're just choosing the options of what they like to do for their GCSEs. One of the advantages of staying on at Abercorn after year six is 
because we're quite flexible and we're still developing is that parents can really work with us in terms of looking at what those GCSE options look like, what's the curriculum going to be. We strongly believe in a personalised curriculum, looking after the pastoral needs and academic needs of the children. Um, and we're able to do that. We can offer nearly everything, but obviously won't offer everything because we've got small class sizes. But it means we can bespoke the child's experience to their their passions and their areas of development. Okay, so let's just jump forward in time to that summer of 2025. Let's just imagine that those first pupils are are leaving at the end of year 11. Mm-hmm. Going to be quite a strange feeling. You know, they, they've been at the school for a long time and they'll be the first ones leaving after GCSEs. Where do you expect most of them to go for A-levels or IB? So we're hoping to, well, we will be exploring the possibility of us having um, A-levels here as well. So that's one possibility. But what we will prepare the children for as we prepare the children for at the end of year six and the end of year eight, although we we want all children to stay, of course, whatever stage they do leave Abercorn, be that 11, 16 or or 18, it's to prepare them for the next step. So they will obviously attend a variety. If they were to go to sixth form colleges locally, if they're going off to universities, we think of Oxbridge, Russell Group. But of course, it's not necessary that all children have to take that next step. You know, we've got to diverse pupil body in both you know background and ability and really it's making sure that they've got the options that they can go to to do whatever it is they want to do and wherever their strengths and passions lie so it strikes me then that there are multiple facilities for these children and i'm thinking from the the generation of the people that are listening to this when they were at school probably there were fewer facilities for them do you think that the children today actually appreciate the facilities that they've got available to them yeah i mean it depends on i suppose it depends on your own school experience but uh, the, the range of options now is right i mean the fact that there's now a commitment in the uk for, for children being in education to 18 means it's seen as very important which mm. certainly wasn't the case some children sort of went off to you know work at 16 and there's nothing wrong with that but you now get an apprenticeship which is mm. which is the right things mm. the right thing for children so they have a lot they have a lot more options there are many more options for them to take certainly being in london they've got a choice of all sorts of institutions to go on for both in sixth form college university and work as well and i think by having a variety of experience here by taking you know drama or music or computer science to a to a high standard it's making sure they've got that suite of options to choose from with the likelihood being jobs that they're going to do in what a year six child is going to go into the world of work in 10 years time. Those, those jobs may not exist yet. If mm. you think about the, you know, what's happened the last 10 years with social media, artificial intelligence uh, and robotics, you know, what we want to do is create a generation of children who are flexible, uh, have good emotional intelligence and sort of those soft skills that they'll be able to adapt Mm. to the emerging world of work. Mm. I mean, just in the last few months, the, the developments and the advancement of AI has been phenomenal, hasn't it? Yeah, if you look at, I largely, I'm a bit of a curmudgeon and a bit of a Luddite here. I, I, the technology has has created and solved a lot of the world's problems, the internet probably being the <laughs> biggest the biggest <laughs> yeah. example of that. I'm not, AI has, has a place. I don't think, if you look about the... The developments in robotics, for example, over the last 20 years, we keep being told that robotics are going to replace us in the in the workplace. I don't see that happening. Sometimes, yes, if you look at car manufacturing or possibly surgery. But if you look at the advancements in AI and what chat GPT can do and 
in terms of it can write essays by pulling in the world's knowledge. That's that's pretty clever. And the fact it's an adaptive algorithm, when does it start to feel things? I mean, I don't think we're quite Skynet yet, but um, <laughs> that then, you know, as most three laws of robotics, maybe that starts to become a, uh, a thing. I mean, I know now you can at university study um, computer science and ethics. Mm. And the reason for that is because that's going to be important that um, I think... I think Malcolm says in Jurassic Park, um, he says something along the lines of, uh, just because you could, you never stop to think if you should. Mm. And I think we've got to think morally about some of those things that we can do. You know, we know fracking can happen to get gas. Is it the right thing to do? We know we can probably make AIs. So that, well, we can definitely make AIs so they have a greater pool of knowledge than any human because no human can remember all of the internet. Does that mean it's the right thing to do? Mm. And so that's that's a that's a good example of the emerging mm. world of work. Well, I'm keeping an eye on time here, but I do love the uh, Skynet reference. Uh, if we're thinking back to the Terminator movies, <laughs> and the Jurassic would, Park reference, and the and Jurassic Park, which, which would you say is your favourite Terminator movie? Well, they stop at two. Right? There's only two options because if you say Terminator Three onwards, although Terminator Salvation has that great twist, oh, Terminator Two, I would say, I think that's the one where. Um, not well. No, you can plot spoil at this point. It's nearly thirty years later, uh, but when uh, he's carrying uh, a weapon in a box of flowers and Guns and Roses is playing in the background, <laughs> I think that's quite funny. And there's those little hints in there. But we've gone past the uh, the date that Skynet's meant to start taking over mankind now, so we've we've actually gone past that point. So I think we're okay. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, that date has passed, and Back to the Future date has passed. So really, everything has, is, everything is fine. And we still don't have hoverboards. No, we don't. We don't. <laughs> but we can live in hope. Maybe AI can create a hoverboard for Maybe us. Maybe it can. Maybe it can. Chris, I should release you to get back into school and carry on doing your job. Thank you very much for being here, especially on a Friday afternoon. It's been really good talking to you. A pleasure, Simon. I look forward to talking to you in the future. So that was Headmaster Chris Hammond talking all about what's coming up in the next few years at Abercorn. Exciting times and all with the children very much at the centre of everything. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.